Welcome to the Dribble Podcast, your weekly fix of all things Perth Wildcats and Aussie basketball. Presented by Perth Now. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Dribble Podcast, your insight into all things Perth Wildcats. And what a significant week it has been at the club with one of the modern day greats calling time on his career. My name's Chris Robinson from Perth Now in the West Australian and alongside me each and every week, Wildcats vice-captain and three-time NBL champion, Greg Heyer. Greg, thanks for joining me in what's been an emotional week for everyone at the club. Yeah, no doubt. I think you can put that lightly. It's uh, Obviously, we've seen a bit of a cult figure or a guy that's been synonymous with our success in um, the last, I guess, decade um, with Big Matty Knight, unfortunately, retiring due to uh, circumstances. But, um, yeah, quite emotional. It's been, uh, obviously, our first training session without the big fella. We obviously missed a fair few with him uh, yep. through his injuries. But, uh, yeah, obviously... Uh, um, a sort of a bit of a bit of sweet time for him, obviously um, moving on to the next phase of his life. Yeah, this this has obviously been brewing for for some time with the the history that Matt's had, particularly with head knocks over the past year or two. Um, talk us through the events of the past week. The the latest head knock was last Monday, mm. um, and then from there, as far as as Maddie was wrestling with the decision, how much contact did you guys have with him, and how much did you know? Yeah, I mean. I'll... I'm best mates with Matty, really. So, I mean, even this past season, uh, we had a bit of a discussion. We, we, you know, had a lot of time together where, you know, after the championship celebrations sort of died down, we, uh, I guess, discussed the the possibility of him retiring. Um, And obviously it was the case. He was still passionate, still loving the game. He was still um, playing really good basketball. So there was no reason for him to to do so um, if he was to be medically cleared. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously he did that. And the amount of work, um, the multitude of tests that he went through were quite rigorous. Um, He obviously um, was flying high you know his confidence in pre-season off-season he was um, back to the Matt Knight that you know has won all, all NBL first teams and we saw that um, you know our very first game against Adelaide he comes out I think he had 15 or 17 points and yep. was really confident I think obviously just these injuries um, you know he's obviously uh, suffered a lot of injuries over his career but this sort of broke the the back really um, you know suffered a, a thumb injury on the edge of any of the season um, and you know he not I don't think the demotion to the bench obviously um, questioned his ability to play but obviously I think he you know he was always such a vital and important cog of the team when he when honestly when he got injured it was like oh when do we when are we getting back what's mm-hmm. what's going on um, and I think he sort of ha- had that ambition that drive I've, I've got to get back for this team um, but then obviously you know he suffered another fractured cheekbone he was still playing with a you know fractured cheekbone which is crazy to think that yeah um, and then that. I think the last one, because no one even noticed that training, those two knocks. I mean, um, the next day I talked to Maddie and he said he was suffering from headaches. And I was like, when did you even get hit? And you had to literally go back through film. And it wasn't even, it was the most accidental knocks again, um, sometimes friendly fire. Um, and I think once it gets to that point, you know, it's a bit of an alarming issue for him more so because it's not like he's um, sitting on the outside and, you know, just shooting long throws. Exactly. He, you know, he's amongst it. You know, he's trying to, he puts his body in line, taking charges, rebounds. Um, and you cannot put it any, I think he said it well, when you start, you know, questioning or having doubt in your mind whether you can play to your ability, which in his his ability is physical, then you've got to start thinking what, what to do next. And so... Yeah, I think now, um, obviously, the decision for him, you know, I spoke to him on Sunday. Actually, I spoke to him on Thursday, and he brought it up with me then, and it was a basically foregone conclusion. I thought, yeah, he's done. There's no way I can bring him back. Um, 
I just could sense that sort of that defeat, which is quite sad to be honest. As an athlete, um, you know, you would have loved him to go out on top. You know, like you, you get those stories. Sean Redditch goes out on top. You know, mm-hmm. um, for Maddie, you know, I wish we could have won a championship with him, and you can walk off with him on your shoulders. Now it's a big boy on your shoulders, but I would have loved <laughs> to do that. But you know, uh, yeah, and obviously called me on Sunday. Um, and said, yeah, look, as of now, I'm retired and happy enough for his decision. And you know, I could just sort of get that um, equation. Yep, go ahead, mate. I'm not going to really try and question uh, that answer. So when that phone call pops up on Sunday, mm. you knew exactly what that was. And, and how emotional was that chat? Yeah, it was tough. I think, well, for Matty, one reason why he called me was he didn't want to break down. He's, he's an emotional fella, the big fella. But um, yeah, it was definitely tough. I mean, more so because we played, you know, I played my whole career with Matty, um, as has most of our, our team. And mm. um, for him to know, I guess, that point, you never really, you know, you don't really think about that end date. You know, you just keep going about your, your normal day-to-day procedures. And um, Matty never gives me a phone call. So <laughs> when uh, when I see uh, the big fella's name pop up straight away, I thought, yeah, that's, that's, that's the case. And I had to excuse myself and from the family. But um yeah, definitely tough. Um, yeah, just because you know that's that's he's he's done, you know, and um, and more so even from Maddie from his standpoint, um, I think it's going to be very it's extremely. I guess the circumstances are going to be tough for him to be away from the game. I think he'll go cold turkey because it, it hurts that he won't be able to be involved as such because mm-hmm. you know he wasn't. Yeah, able to retire like he, you know, if he was a clean bill of health and he can go, I'm done, uh, I'm satisfied. Um, so I think, yeah, that's why I really feel sorry for the big fella because, yeah, he would have loved to go on out sort of on his terms as well. And Matty Knight has been good enough to join us on the podcast. Matty, much like yourself, Greg, a three time champion, and, and uh, Matty, you've had a, as big a hand as anyone in those three championships. One of the most potent and intimidating front court players this league has seen. Uh, in the current decade. Matty, congrats on a stellar career and thanks for joining us. Uh, thank you and thanks for having me on. Not a problem at all. Can you can you talk us through the events of the past week, Matty? We know that you had the head knock at training last Monday. How how soon after that did you sort of realise that, that this might be it? Was there a sort of a crystallising moment where you knew that, that it might be time to hang them up? Yeah, no, so after the hit, I felt a bit lightheaded, but it wasn't until probably Tuesday afternoon that I started suffering from headaches and it was probably around uh, Tuesday night, Wednesday, that I really started to consider, yeah, I think it's time to finally retire. And then um, spoke with the family and the club, and Thursday, Friday afternoon, I uh, made up my mind that, yeah, nah, it was the right the right thing to do. And um, ever since I've made that decision, I've been happy with it. I haven't regretted it. had second thoughts, so... I know it was the right decision. Yeah, that's terrific to, to hear that you're at peace with the decision. Who who were the hardest people to uh, to tell that you were hanging it up, Matty? Uh, probably uh, Mia, my daughter. She uh, she loves going to Wilbur's house, as she calls it. <laughs> but uh, obviously, um, Sherelle, she's been there right from day one. Um, and probably Damo and Greg, my two closest mates on the team, obviously, we've been through the highs and lows. So telling them to was pretty tough as well. I mean, Matty, you've um, obviously been playing in the league for oh, however long. Can you take us back to, I guess, your very first memories, not only in the NBL, but I know you're a proud Tassie boy and from Bernie. You know, what's your, your very first memories, I guess, of uh, of that level? Yes, I remember when I was a young kid, just watching the NBL on the ABC. I think they used to have a game of the week on a Saturday afternoon on ABC, so I tuned into that. But um, it wasn't until probably... 
15, 16 when Bill Thompson invited me up to Sydney to train with the Kings then um, that I really got an understanding of the NBL and um, it was something then that I decided this is what I want to do when I'm older. Is there a chance, a sneaky, I'm going to put it out there, mate, uh, Tassie comes back with an NBL team. Uh, you've obviously been cleared of head knocks for the next two, three years. Is there a chance that the Nightmare might uh, play for his hometown team? Nah, mate. <laughs> no, chance. no chance of that one, mate. Uh, I might be about 20 kilos overweight by that stage. So, no, I'd love to help him get him up and running, but yeah, no, no chance I'd be stepping back on court. Is, is Perth home for the immediate future? Maddie? do you have any desire to head back to the home state, or are you guys pretty settled in WA now? Yeah, no, Perth, Perth's home now. Obviously, uh, we'll head back to Tassie now and then, um, just to visit family and whatnot. But yeah, no, Perth's definitely home for now. Yeah, we talked about your your tight relationship with with Greg and, and also Damo. What's what are your first memories of uh, a young G hire at the uh, at the Wildcats and 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 how have you guys? Why have you guys sort of grown so close in that time you've been together? I remember I think it was a, a preseason or off season workout, and it was me and Cam Tovey with Andy Stewart and this little chubby kid just walked in and uh, Cam Tovey. Cam obviously knew who it was, but I had no idea who it was and. Uh, yeah, it was Greg High, probably about 15 kilos overweight. I'm this guy for real right now. But no, uh, I've never met someone who's worked as hard as Greg High. Um, he knew what he wanted and he put his mind to it. And um, yeah, I've admired him since day one. Um, obviously, our, our wives are very close and known each other. So just through that and through basketball, Greg's always been a great supporter. When I've struggled with injuries or whatnot, he's always been there. So that's how I got close with Greg and Damo. We've been on the same team for now the last 15 years. Yeah. So we've experienced the same highs and lows. I'll pay 20 bucks later for Matty for giving those kind of words. But <laughs> when all, you would, there would be no doubt that you've cast fear into a lot of opposition players, Matty. But, you know, who... Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure not too many have cast down. But who's who's been the toughest toughest players that you've gone against, or even you know th- that next week? I mean, I look at it when I look at Thomas Abercrombie, I get a little bit of a you know I get excited. Who's a player that you look forward to playing up, matching up against? I would have had to say Mika Fakona, um, just because guy brings it every night. Um, you got to prepare to play every possession. If you don't, he'll make you look bad out there. So. I've admired him since I've come into the league and every time we've matched up, it's been some great battles. So that's the one guy I've always looked forward to and not looked forward to going against because you just know you're in for a war the whole 40 minutes. Um, we've got a couple of fan questions for you, Matty, from, from Twitter. Matthew Murphy wants to know what your favourite on-court memory is. Um, we might go around. I mean, I've I've got one. You, you drained a three against Townsville at Perth Arena about five years ago that ended up being the, the match winner. Um, just a nice flat three from in front of the media bench. And then you celebrate it as if it was something that you do five times a game. Where does that sort of rank on your, your favourite on-court memories and, and what is your favourite? Well, I think, and before that, I mean, the emotion behind that, Matt, I think, Maddie, your, uh, your grandma and I have passed away that week and, and I think those moments as well you, you cherished and stood mm. up. You know, how does that rank, Maddie? Yeah, no, definitely up my grandma passed away a week before, I think, so it was still pretty raw for me. And um, I think she may have helped me guide that shot in. Um, and uh, it's probably one of the biggest shots I've had in my time with the Wildcats. And uh, 
when Paul Wolfer was over here, he still uh, had nightmares about that shot. So he still can't believe I actually hit it. So that's definitely up there as long as, as long as with the championships. Yeah. Greg, what's your favourite on-court memory of uh, the big nightmare? Yeah, I think, it, I mean, I was looking at some numbers the other day. I think to see Maddie's obviously been the Walcott's leading rebounder in, um, you know, the since his time. But mm-hmm. 41 double-doubles to lead most active players, I think it's some main feats. But mm. I always, obviously, I think last season, game one, um, it was funny enough when the, the times that Maddie had his back against the wall had just come back from injuries and there was some scepticism and there was, you know, people being a little bit negative on social media. Um, he always seemed to be found the way to, to bounce back and I think game one he obviously showed how much of an enforcer he really was. Um, and even though I think you look at those big moments, I think last year as well, he gets a charge from Jerome Randall, um, you know, at the end of the game to seal the win. So I think those times where... Yeah, you know, uh, there was those moments you need someone to step up, he gets a double-double, he takes a charge, takes a shot like against Townsville Crocodiles. Um, I think those moments, I think there's too many to, to go by. To go by. But I think um, what I've also enjoyed is his horrible hairstyles over the last <laughs> few years and uh, oh. and that grow, <laughs> that growing beard. So, um, yeah. nah, some luscious locks, that's for sure. <laughs> Matty, Matty, how much, uh, as far as as that sort of feedback from the media or the public or whatever when people you know might say you passed your best or you you can't get fit how much did you sort of take notice of that or, or thrive off that use that as motivation over the past few years yeah, I know, when i first uh, moved over here and had calf injuries and other injuries i did uh listen to what people said it did affect me mm-hmm. but um i think the older i got more or less just to put it behind me use it as motivation to show that I can still compete at the top league that I'm not past my use by day but earlier on it did uh, it did affect me but um, I think yeah just more times I dealt with it just put it behind me blocked it out and used it as motivation um, I think it did help me towards the end of my career for many of those that don't know, Matty, you are obviously one of the earliest guys I've ever known in my life you and Jesse Wagstaff is there a reason why you believe you need to get to meetings, training <laughs> sessions, video reviews, strength sessions an hour before? Where, where does that come from? Uh, I think it's just I've always been had a schedule and I've always been told I've never been late. I think I, I didn't tell you that the Jesse Wagstaff extremes were getting there four hours before a basketball game. I remember when I used to live in Inalu and get a ride with Jesse, I'd literally get home from shoot around, he'd text me a I'd pick you up in two hours. Shrell's like, what do you guys do there? <laughs> I'd even get I'd still wait another hour before I went out and warmed up on court. So I was kind of glad when I moved to Hillary's and I didn't have to go with Jesse anymore. <laughs> Sitting around at the basketball stage for about seven hours, it's not fun. Yeah, and we talk about this this relationship. I mean, for for those you and Jesse have a unique bond. You obviously always end up being the earliest, but you also share. Um, as as many don't know, I, I I reside in the fun bus and road trip, so it's very obvious. And our mm-hmm. bus is the funnest. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, Matthew Knight, uh, you and Jesse Wagstaff sit in the back seat with Trevor and Brett Havercroft. That's a, a that's a huge responsibility. Who is going to replace you in that car? Because one, I feel sorry for whoever moves in because that's a horrible conversation with with those three individuals. Um, but who are you you know passing the torch to? Because uh, I, yeah, no, I've got to pat him on the back and say it's okay. We'll be we'll be there for you. I really don't know. I really still fit. I think I've left him out there on his own. Um, everyone normally runs to get away from that van with Brett and Trev. 
So we've called ours the business class van because we just get the back seat, fold down the front seats, and we're good. But I feel bad for Jess. I didn't think of that with this decision that I probably left him by himself. Might, um, might have to just travel on the road anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it wasn't too many conversations in that van. It was more just laughing at Brett panicking if he's missed a turn. Or <laughs> yeah, sounds about right. Um, who who do you pass the torch on to as far as best beard at the club now, Matty? Oh, I'd have to say a Jesse Wagstaff is pretty keep shaving too often, so the rest of them ain't hit puberty yet. I don't <laughs> They're all too much pretty boys <laughs> to grow anything, so hopefully Jesse decides to grow his beard back out. Yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be good to say or bad to say. I'm not sure which one. I'm going to go here, Maddie. Before I mean, we might be wrapping up soon, but what, what what's the the the, the thing you're going to miss? I mean, I, I look at it, and even you know, yesterday and you spoke, and I got home, and I had a quiet moment there. I was had a little bit of reflection. I thought, you know, what are you missing? Is that brotherhood? But I mean, if I could ask you, and hopefully you don't, you know, get emotional with me, Matty, but what, what's the, what's the thing you're going to miss the most? And, and I've, go 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 nuts on this one. Yeah, I'm I'm going to miss the uh, mateship. Obviously, you go through so much with your teammates, like the pre-seasons, then you get the highs and lows of the seasons. You're with those guys, you know, every day of the week, all day, every day. So you share the joys, and you're there for each other during the bad times. So I'm really going to miss that. Um. Yeah, it's tough because some of you are my best mates and we've been, we've been there for each other. And that's probably the biggest thing I'm going to miss is and the competitiveness every day, just to practice, uh, going back and forth with each other. But as soon as it's over, your best mates, just smack talking and whatnot. I'm really going to miss that. Obviously, I'm not sure what's next in my life, but that's what I've done for 10 plus years. So... It's probably going to be the hardest thing, and um, yeah, it is emotional when I think about it. That I'm not going to be there with my mates every day, like so what I'm used to. I've loved doing, but I'm really going to miss it. Just before we let you go, Maddie, how you sort of alluded to at your retirement presser the fact that you you'll follow, but you won't be watching. Is is there a reason for that? Are you just going to go cold turkey, not watching the game? Yeah, no, obviously when I was injured, it, it was hard to watch then, but now now I'm done. It's just, I think it's still too raw for me. Obviously, I still want to be out there. I feel I can be out there, but obviously my body hasn't allowed it. So it's hard to watch. Obviously, um, I couldn't even watch Friday night, and I hadn't announced or whatnot. So mm. I'll be cheering the boys on and wishing them all the best, but maybe towards the end of the season, I'll start to tune back in. But yeah, right now, I just want to start focusing on what's next and, yeah, I wish them all the best and I will follow them probably on social media or whatnot, but right now it's just too hard to tune in. Well, you've been rightly uh, earning the plaudits on social media and from plenty of Wildcats fans, including one who said you could still hit 20-foot jumpers on a 10-foot ring under an 11-foot ceiling better than anyone, hashtag no arc, hashtag steal money, <laughs> which is appropriate, Matty, for your, your flat but reliable jumper. Um, mate, congratulations on a, a stellar career. Three titles speak for themselves, and, and you're a massive part of those. And uh, look, all the best with everything for the future, and thanks for coming on to chat with us. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, mate. Great to have Matty Knight on the podcast with us. Now, Greg, from a, a roster point of view, I know it's still fresh um, in the Wildcats' minds, but 
there is now a, a roster spot free. There's been a bit of talk about Clint Steindl, um, who obviously played with you guys, had a, a really impressive preseason, mm. um, went to Greece. I think he's released there now. He's no longer playing there. His girlfriend, his partner plays yep. for the Perth Lynx. What kind of fit would Clint be, and, and is that in the works, and what have you guys been told? Yeah, we, to be honest, we haven't actually been told anything, but it's a, um, I guess it's a bit above my pay scale, but it's he fits I mean, in terms of the culture he definitely fits he mm-hmm. obviously proved um he can play and he fits the system and he and believes in uh, buys into the, the style of play we do uh that we have sorry um so he i reckon he can be a, a really good fit now it's obviously tough i mean obviously with maddie uh, that's that four five position yeah um but you know we can go a combination i've obviously played four at times i think jp can obviously play at the four two so we've got that um but i also look at it as another scenario um, looking in-house, um, a guy like Reese Vague, um, who has really proven his worth as a development player, um, you know, this off-season, pre-season, and even in-season in Cairns. And so he's chomping at the bits. And so for that, I, you know, look, and that's why I'm not a coach. I sort of go, yep, yeah, look, I understand that and try and reward that. And, you know, a guy that's been uh, chomping out there and, and busting his tail to, to get an opportunity. And then every time he has had an opportunity, he's, he's, he's grasped it. But then, yeah, on the other side, you go, who's the maybe the best quality player available at the moment? And there's obviously not too many Australians. Otherwise, they're in the NBL or they're playing in Europe. Um, and, and Clint has shown that. He's, uh, he's an exceptional shooter, um, very long, athletic, um, and has the capabilities there. So... Yeah, it's interesting. Do you go the best player or do you go, the? I guess, for that position? It, it, you know, arguably it's weird. 11 players now in a roster um, and you're starting to see it across the league. You, a lot of guys are getting DMPs, you know. Mm. It, it's not, you know, you're sort of stuck with that sort of, you know, um, whether I think it's maybe right or wrong. You know, you've, you've got too much talent really on a player. You're looking at guys like, say, Tom Garb, Cody Ellis, all these sort of guys that aren't getting minutes and then mm. there's other guys that are good enough only getting five or six. So... Yeah, it's a, it's a very tough question, I, I reckon. But, um, yeah, obviously I'm not sure what the coaches are. We really haven't had those discussions as of yet. Yeah, it'd be very interesting. We've seen uh, a few teams sort of make those mid-season sure. moves. Obviously, you guys with Bryce exactly. Cotton last season, Casper Webb, similar sort of thing. So yep. it'd be interesting to see which way the Wildcats go with that. Um, a double against New mm. Zealand coming up this week. Thursday in New Zealand, Sunday back home here yep. at Perth Arena. They've been alongside you guys the benchmark of the league for a long time now have risen back to the yeah. the lofty standings what does it say i mean we saw edgar sosa who's a terrific um import guard hitting a, a big game winning shot against cairns at the weekend but for the most part new zealand mirror you guys in that stability they've had mickey vicona as we talked about with matty yeah. knight who's just been a beast for a yeah. long time tom abercrombie Alex Pledger, Kirk Penny knows the system. Um, Shaili's playing some really sure. good minutes. How important is that stability when you're looking at the success that you guys in New Zealand have had? I think you've nailed it right there. I think having that the stability and the consistency of a roster and one, the acceptance of every single individual knowing their role. Mm-hmm. And you can look from our roster to their roster, it's that acceptance of roles. You've got guys in key positions that recognise what their strengths are and capitalise on that and make and magnifying that, which makes exceptional results. You've got Mika Vicona, Findelani, who know what they are. They're role, not role players, but they're impact guys, offensive boards, create for others, sets great screens. And then you've got your scorers. You've got Kirk Penny, who's coming off the bench, Tom Abercrombie, who, you know, Kirk Penny is shooting 60% from the three point line, mm. which is crazy. And then you've got a guy like Thomas Abercrombie, who 
Um, I think he's one of the more underrated players in the league. He's yes, he's naturalised. Obviously, not he's a local. Sorry, um, not Aussie, New Zealander. But you know, he's playing some you know really good basketball. And then you bring in those guys, imports that they've generally had a pretty good result with, and, and Edgar Sosa and DJ Noble mm-hmm. as well. So, and yeah, they've got a third import spot as well open for that sort of mid-year mark as well. So. I think it shows that how important it is to have a stable roster. Um, obviously, they've upgraded their spots a few times and need be, but I always laugh at when at the start of the season people write off New Zealand and mm. I look at it and go, you know, they've won four championships in the last or three championships in the last seven years or whatever it is, um, and they're always thereabouts, um, and you've got a quality coach. And more so, you think about it, they're playing in the off-season as well when they're the tall, the tall blacks. So they're playing all all year round together. They know each other inside out. Um, and that helps just reading plays. I mean, you look at it, I can use from a personal experience. I've been playing with Jesse Wagstaff off the bench for now seven, eight seasons. I know where he's, where his favourite positions are on the court. I know where he's going to dive or I know when he's going to slip on the screen. And we don't even communicate it because you just know that we train every single day. So you can imagine they're off the same boat. Mika Vicona knows when Kirk Penny wants to get a free shot or how am I going to get him open. So, um, yeah, it's tough. And you always say they're thereabouts. Um, we have the utmost respect for them because I think they are very similar with us, even from an organisational standpoint. So it's going to be another battle. It's always interesting. Um, it's sort of we treat it like a mini playoff series. You know, we go yep. there away, come back, play. I think we play them pretty soon again as well so um, yeah it'll be an interesting uh, test for us especially we haven't been on the road since Cairns um, and more so you know New Zealand's such a long trip so these uh, our, our guys will sort of have to climatise quite well yeah Mickey Vukona 35 and a half years old feels like he's never going to no. retire yeah. and uh, a bit from the Damien Martin school of with his rebounds compared to Damo Steele's, he'll rack up the boards, but then there's also so many where he just challenges, just contests, and sure. then gets some others for Damo. I think his impact is, um, you know, exactly with Damo. The, the possession game is a huge, a huge thing with that. I mean, they average 15 offensive rebounds a game. We are only average nine, and so that just shows how um, how much of an impact that is and a point of emphasis for them. Um, but yeah, thereabouts. Mick is there every single time there's an O board. He's chasing, mm. you can't rest on him. But then on the other side, he's always trying to tap the ball from underneath and he's always there. And um, yeah, you, you look at sometimes I'm like, oh, is it, the way he throws his body around at 35, thinking yeah, maybe yeah. he's going to go. But he's still, I mean, even this season, he's. I think he's already had a double double. So he's playing sensational basketball. Absolutely. Um, crystal ball time just before we finish now last week uh, I took a bit of an easy one I took Greg Hyde to, to dunk in the warm up and I saw you throw one yeah, down as the, as the last guy running to the bench um, your prediction was Damo to get 5 oh, no. or 6 steals he had one in the first I think 40 seconds and you sort of thought we're on here yeah, yeah. finished with 2 had a yeah. lot more deflections than that but uh, you weren't far off the mark no I yeah I saw that very first deal yeah. and I was like, it is on. <laughs> and I was like, I'm so pumped to get back in the studio next week. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, no go for me. Um, so for this week, oh, mine's probably more in hope than a, a real prediction. I'm hoping that uh, the coaches just show maybe a little bit more respect to the referees. We saw Joey Wright, who's the coach of Adelaide, uh, quite literally asking, I think it was Michael Aylan, the ref. Asking you shall receive. <laughs> quite literally said, give me a tech if you're not happy with what I'm saying. And, and then Julie got a tech and, and got himself thrown out. So I feel like there's there's different ways that you can motivate your team without getting thrown out if you're a coach. 
Um, and referees, we all get frustrated when we're playing at whatever level, but they do make mistakes, as do coaches, as do players. So, <laughs> so, hopefully... so what's, your, what's your prediction? No technical fouls out for coaches? Uh, yeah, I'll go tech. Go. I'll go tech free for the whole round <laughs> wow. and see. I might only last about a quarter and a half, but yes. we'll see how we go. What yeah, is I'm your done. crystal ball? I'm going to go something, and it's obviously a little bit of forecast, but mm-hmm. I and this could be a little bit. Uh, something a little bit controversy around the league. I reckon there'll be an import change or we're seeing an import get brought in in the next week or two. Uh, I just think at this moment in the league, it's it's time for some teams, obviously people trying to separate themselves from the standings, but I think there's a point where you go, are we in or not? And were we a chance for a a championship? Um, So I think you're going to start seeing some moves, whether they're happy with the imports or bringing in, uh, reinforcing their lineup. But I think we'll start seeing some changes in the next week or two mm. not from us I can rule for all so seven other teams but uh, yeah and I'll say seven other teams maybe making changes yeah it should be very interesting I think Sydney will be at the front of that queue Travis mm. Leslie maybe some question marks there but we'll have to wait and see that's all we have time for Greg thanks very much for your company and all the best for the New Zealand double thank you looking forward to it and uh, to our listeners thanks for your company stay tuned to Perth Now and the West for all your sports news and we'll catch you next week The Dribble Podcast is brought to you by Perth Now your home of sporting action from home and abroad